0: welcome back everybody it's another week it's monday oh yeah week seven episode 19 of the below average joe's ufc podcast and today is the recap show of hashtag ufc vegas 11 dom how you doing
1: doing good man another great weekend of ufc action the most action-packed fight card of the year Arguably one of the most stacked of all time, and I think it delivered.
0: Oh, it for sure delivered. Paid in full. Hashtag it. (laughs) Shout out
1: Dustin Poirier.
0: I said going in this was going to be potentially the most stacked fight night. I said on paper it's the most stacked fight night of all time, and I think that it more than lived up to that. It was great. There, There really wasn't a dull fight on this whole card
1: yeah i agree
0: even if you include the prelims but facts we're talking about the main card so i'm just gonna break down the results real quick and then we will uh get into you know the news and whatnot so we started off with kevin holland getting a split decision win over um what's his last name darren stewart darren stewart yep and then we had McKenzie Dern getting the armbar win in round one over Random Marcos. Then Johnny Walker gained a big knockout win over Ryan Spann.
1: What a what an interesting round that, <laughs> that was.
0: <laughs> we'll talk about that for sure. <laughs> and then the, the surging prospect, Hazmat Chimayev, oh. getting a knockout win over Gerald Mearchart. And how long was it, Dom?
1: Seventeen seconds.
0: Seventeen seconds.
1: One punch. One
0: punch. That was all it took. <laughs> um, why am I? Why am I blanking? Donald Cowboy oh, yeah. I Cerrone. Like, I just don't know why I just <laughs> blanked there. The Cowboy Cerrone and Nico Price fought to a majority draw. A great fight there, and then our main event. Colby Covington getting the, what they call it, fifth round. Uh, fifth they round call it, TKO, TKO due to, injury.
1: Uh, yeah, Tyron, Over, Woodley Tyron Woodley broke his rib.
0: Yeah, and uh, that was the results from Saturday Night's Fights, and we'll break all those down in more detail later on. But first, it's time for the news. The news. Uh, not too much going on uh, since, you know, we just had our news segment on, on Friday lot of stuff, a lot of moving pieces with the Tony Ferguson, Dustin Poirier, Michael Chandler, uh, Days of Our Lives fiasco shit going on there. <laughs> but a couple of things worth talking about here. First, uh, basically a pioneer for the UFC's heavyweight division. Uh, one of the big, probably one of the biggest rivalries in heavyweight history between him and uh, Brock Lesnar. Talking about Frank Meir. Uh, he has not been in the UFC for a few years now, but he just announced – actually, had been in Bellator, I believe. Yeah, as of I believe. Class. That
1: was the most
0: recent. Yeah, I he's officially signed with Bare Knuckle FC. My, oh, my. Now, we just talked about Bare Knuckle FC not too long ago when uh, 12-gauge Paige Van Zant signed there and what was probably the most shocking news announcement I'll ever hear in my life. But this one may be a little less so. But, Dom, I'm just curious, kind of, do you have any really thoughts about this? I know it wasn't really something we talked about too much. It's just something we wanted to make note of.
1: Yeah, man. Like, Frank Mir is kind of one of the staples from the, uh, not the good old days, but, like, that era, like you said, around Brock Lesnar, a little before Brock, and then a little after Brock. He yeah. was always kind of fighting the top of the top. His submission game for a heavyweight was unbelievable
0: yeah um Um, i will i will say um even though when he won the belt it was at probably the weakest point in the ufc's heavyweight uh division because basically the ufc's when you're talking about the good old days if you go back to the early days the ufc prided itself on its heavyweights yeah you know that's the first belt they introduced with mark coleman you had guys like dan severin Um, I mean, Randy Couture was that heavyweight at the time. Kevin Randleman. um, Even, I believe, Boss Rudin, guys like that. Like Those were the guys that were on top at the time. Well, then when you get to kind of right before The Ultimate Fighter Season 1 and all that, the UFC's heavyweight division, most of the top heavyweights in the world were accepted as being a part of Pride. So, Frank Mir was there then you have like Tim Sylvia Andre Arlovsky don't get me wrong those are three great guys but you know Tim Sylvia seems to kind of get a lot of the flack for that time frame you know Dana's said a lot of things about <laughs> Tim Sylvia mm. a lot of the fans do not particularly care for him but even though Frank Mir was kind of he was so he won the belt and then he gets in a very serious motorcycle accident nearly dies or at least is nearly not able to compete anymore. Comes back, has a couple of really tough losses to guys that he probably shouldn't have been losing to. I believe one of them was to Brandon Vera, actually. Um, he's, he's in one now, right? His... Huh?
1: Brandon Vera's in one championship, right? Yep. Yeah, that's crazy.
0: So then he's one. He's one's uh, dominant heavyweight champ, actually. But um, Frank works his way up back starts becoming more more of that old frank mirror uh brock lesnar's debut is against frank and frank beats him with the uh what was it an, it was like an ankle lock type thing yeah I and mean, i always whoa, loved I mean, the mark. uh
1: the tap that brock did was the most <laughs> wwe tap ever i yeah, loved
0: it Tap them right tap him right on the ass <laughs> yeah, too.
1: the big just the big sign, the big slaps—not just the little ones like you see yeah. in MMA—it was hilarious. Yeah.
0: So he he's able to beat Frank Mir and or sorry Brock Lesnar and Brock's UFC debut. Brock ends up winning the belt later. Uh, Frank wins the um, the interim heavyweight title, I believe. So they uh, made they headline UFC 100, which is one of the biggest shows the UFC's ever done. Uh, that does not go well for Frank Um, <laughs> uh, But, yeah, you're right. He's always kind of hung around the top there. You know, he had, like, some tough losses to, like, I believe, JDS and maybe even Shane. Shane Carwin's the one that stuck out to me where he got kind of brutalized mm-hmm. in that one. But um, he was fighting UFC until, I believe, 2015 or 2016. I mean, he was, he was always hanging around the top up until the end there. Yeah, dude. Uh, Goes on to Bellator, don't really know what he was doing over there, like how much success he had. I don't think he fought too many times over there. Um, And now he's going to Bare Knuckle FC, and like you were saying, he's probably one of the best submission specialists the heavyweight division's ever seen. And it's surprising that he's going over there (laughs) (laughs) when it's all about the bare knuckle punches and stuff. There's going to be
1: no ankle locks over there.
0: Yeah, so I'm... uh, I'm definitely curious how this is going to go for him. But he's definitely up there in age, so. Yeah, and I'm
1: interested. I wonder, like, how, like, uh, the heavyweight division looks in that organization. Like I said, I I, I don't follow it.
0: i I know nothing about their epilepsy. So I couldn't tell you if they even have fucking divisions. (laughs) I couldn't tell you anything about it.
1: Yeah, that was a shocking little news piece. I just thought it was very interesting. Uh, more so than anything just because that was something like that really came out of left field
0: well i'm gonna make an assumption here and this is uh i don't know if it's a fair assumption to make but it's probably the last time we're gonna hear frank mir as far as an announcement of him signing somewhere Mm -hmm. i would say after this and bare knuckle he'll probably retire I mean, he's, I don't know how old he is exactly, but he's got to be about 40.
1: Uh, he's got to be right there in that ballpark, give or take a couple years.
0: And he's been fighting professionally forever. Oh, yeah, long time. So I, I don't think that he really has much else to prove. And I, I don't think, uh, unless it's just the money thing at this point, I don't see any reason for him to keep fighting. But, you know, some people just do it for the love of it. So you can't knock him for that. And Bear Knuckles seems to be making some splashes, weirdly enough.
1: They are, man. I mean, that Paige announcement was obviously very huge. And then to get a seasoned vet that's done it all and Frank Near, it's definitely interesting.
0: Well, I'm assuming they're they're uh willing to put out the cash right now, which they must you know, be. I don't know I don't know where they're getting the money from, but you know, to sign someone like Paige who was probably ask him for quite a bit considering yeah. what he offers outside of the octagon and whatnot. it's at least interesting to see that you know for bare knuckle which is something that I don't I, I won't claim to have too much interest in <laughs> um, and it's it definitely you know the UFC always had that reputation of being barbaric and
1: <laughs> yeah, my other turn tables right
0: <laughs> well now bare knuckle bare Knuckles an even more violent version of that so uh yeah i don't know where i'm going with that but just just putting it out there that like it's surprising to see these big splashes being made by an organization that is so controversial right now yeah
1: yeah <laughs> um
0: but it was at least interesting because that's a ufc heavyweight pioneer right there
1: oh absolutely
0: but any other final thoughts
1: We'll see what happens. Definitely interested to at least see some highlights from when he fights. I'll say that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Uh, the next announcement is another one that's really surprising, but it's a uh, UF current, or as of his last fight, he was a UFC bantamweight, but he's also fought in flyweight. Uh, John Dotson released by the company. I'm just curious, Dom, what your thoughts are on that, because we just saw him fought. Fight at UFC 252 in a fight that was actually better than I thought it was going to be against Marab Davalishvili.
1: Yeah, man, like another guy that's really been there and done that, a pioneer in the sense of uh kind of those small weight classes, especially one like flyweight. Uh, great fights with Demetrius Johnson. I think he's t- uh, challenged for a title three times, if I'm not mistaken. He's always been up there in that you know top. 10 for sure and most of the time even top five and I know he's had kind of the back and forth run lately and he's you know he moved up to 135 and I think he is relatively small for that weight class Um, but he didn't look bad there by any means so I was just very surprised like I don't know if it was a money thing or if they just kind of were ready to part ways they didn't maybe see any I don't want to say any value, but like any more potential matchups that would make sense kinda it it was, it's weird
0: yeah, it is a little weird. I mean he's uh according to the rankings, he's actually not even ranked anymore. they must I don't know if they already just took him out mm-hmm. or what but um you know he's especially when you look at those flyway days i mean he him and Mighty Mouse kind of had that two fights then against each other. First fight was one that was really tough for Demetrius if you're looking at through his defenses who gave him the toughest fight. You know, that first fight with Dodson was definitely up there. Um, second fight was a little much, was much more dominant for Demetrius. But, you know, he was an ultimate fighter, season winner, I believe. John Dodson was um, a guy who a lot of people counted out due to his frame and size. He's only five 5'3". Mm-hmm. Um, but he's a guy that's always had some crazy knockout power, very fast on his feet. Um, really, had never he, I, I, I never really looked at him as, like, slowing down. I mean, it seemed like he moved back up to Bantamweight probably because the cut to 125 was a little too much for him. And maybe it was just the fact, like, his size and stature, maybe were, it was just catching up to him that he couldn't really um, compete with some of these taller... Larger reach, people in the bantamweight division. That fight with Marab though, I, I mean, he hung in there. He had his moments. I mean, yes, it was a fight that uh, Marab pretty much controlled the whole time. But you know, Dodson didn't look bad.
1: I agree. Yeah,
0: I'm just, I'm definitely surprised when they're looking for guys right now to fight. You know, that's what Dana keeps saying. Yeah, it's. And I don't. You know. got a guy. You got a guy that's top fifteen, who just fought at. Two fifty-two. It's not like he hasn't fought in a long time. It's not, you know, Uh, but I'm surprised. That tells me that maybe there's something else to this. You know, we haven't really heard any comment on either side. You know, maybe this is like a Corey Anderson type situation where it's like John Dodson's just wanting to leave. Or maybe, like you were saying, the UFC just doesn't see... Keeping him for maybe what he's being paid per fight because they don't Mm. see the matchups or whatnot. You know, there's a lot that goes into it. Right. As much as you want to, you want it to just be guys who aren't UFC level being cut. That's not usually how it goes. (laughs) You know, oh yeah. You see guys, once they hit a certain level, they start getting paid a lot more. Well, you know, you'll see guys that used to be really good that are no longer at that top of the top, but they're still getting paid like they're a top level fighter. Obviously when you when you stop when you when the company you're working for stops feeling like they're making money off the money they're paying you, yeah, they probably will cut you. So Right. It is what it is, but
1: Wishing the best. I'd be interested to see if he goes to like a a one championship or a bellator or anything honestly yeah, I, like I i'm know. curious
0: yeah uh, i could see either one for him um it'd be interesting to see him go over to one since uh, that's where mighty mouse is now
1: right like, maybe we get another one <laughs> another <mouse. laughs> third
0: third one over there uh yeah but i do wish him the best just because you know he's he's always got been like a from all accounts he's been labeled as being a very uh, nice and hardworking individual. Yeah,
1: and he always had that really fun, like personality—the big smile at the weigh-ins where he'd, you know, yep. do the spread his arms and all that. Yep. So, an entertaining yeah. guy.
0: Yeah. So, all in all, wish him the best, and we'll leave it there. And hopefully, we'll get an announcement from him soon on where he'll where his next move is. Now, for our last bit of news, uh, there was a video that came out. Of our main event for this coming Saturday, Israel Adesanya and Paulo Costa—they um, were at the airport at the same time. Uh, I don't know if it was in Abu Dhabi or on the way. To, it was on the way to Abu Dhabi, I'm assuming. And they had a bit of ex- an exchange, but
1: not, not the one <laughs> the you would
0: expect. Like <laughs> considering the bad blood that's been built up between these two. Not exactly what I was expecting yeah. It was very playful Very friendly they um, were, Dom, I, you were the one that sent it to me what, what were your thoughts on this?
1: You know, they had this uh, You know, they shook hands Which is kind of just a respect thing But still, like <laughs> These two, you wouldn't even think that would be A thing So not only did they shake hands, but like They have a conversation and like joke with each other um, It was something along the lines of like Israel was messing around with Paulo, calling him skinny because Paulo calls Izzy, uh, skinny all the time and makes fun of him and really? all that stuff. And they were just like chuckling and
0: it, it was weird. And I don't know what to think about it. To be honest. I, so a lot of the talk online was that this was proof that this fight was just the hype was being drummed up, the bad blood being drummed up just for pay-per-view buys that there's no real bad blood there. I don't really buy that. Yeah, I don't
1: think that extremely, you know what I mean? Now, let's, look,
0: well, let's really think about this, right? So, on Paolo's end, really, the, I mean, most of what he's been saying has been, like, calling Israel skinny, which Israel has said in the past, like, he hates being called that. He was called that as a kid. He was mm. always a real skinny kid. So that was, like, one of the reasons he got into fighting was to show that he could, like, yeah, you sure I might be look I might look smaller than you but I'll kick your ass kind of thing. Yep. While on Israel's end, I mean he's been basically calling Apollo a PED user for <laughs> forever. Uh, not exactly if you're someone who's in a sport that prides itself on being about doing things the right way or honor, pride and honor kind of thing, uh, that's a pretty big insult to throw at someone. <laughs> So yeah, I just think these are two guys that are professionals that understand that they're not going to actually fight when they're in an airport. Right. <laughs> that, sure, they can just have some fun with each other in that moment, but when the, when the cage door closes and it's time to go, that all those bad blood, all that feelings, they're going to come back. Those two are going to have words. They're going to – not words. They're going to throw shit at each other. Right. I just think that there's no – like, sure – I mean, when you really look at what was said there, I think it was very playful, very jokey, but ultimately, like, think of what Adesanya's probably saying there, right? You got Costa, who he's already called the juice head, basically, for over a year. He's saying, you're skinny. Well, we're about less than a week away from that fight. (laughs) So in a way, it's kind of like, oh, are you off the shit now? Because... It's almost fight time.
1: Yeah, he may maybe like, it was even a jab of like, oh, this weight cutting going good.
0: You yeah, know, like, I don't I mean, know. That like,
1: that it, was, and they have the masks on, right? So you can't see their yeah. facial expression. It was just Apollo,
0: unexpected. does a half grade English, you know? right? <laughs> so it's not like he's going to really get to a war of words with Adesanya, who speaks very good English. All in all, I don't I don't take too much from it. Um, it was very interesting to see i honestly liked it
1: for some reason i don't know like because at the end of the day i still think they don't like each other like because this goes back nearly two years at this point like we're talking before israel even fought whitaker for the belt they were had been talking about each other so like i don't think you can like i know people are like oh it's just all staged hype but it's I don't feel that at all. Like, this goes back quite a ways if you really dig into this a lot. And um, so I don't think it's fake by any means. Could it be drawn up a little more to create more hype? Yes. But at the end of the day, I don't think they like each other. But seeing this kind of mutual respect thing is cool. And it's like, okay, you know that when this fight's over, that bad blood should be settled I would imagine, based off of what I saw in this video, but you never know. I mean, something could well, happen during fight week, and all hell breaks loose, right? You know. Well, I don't think know. about
0: this. Just like with this bad blood between these two, it's not at the level of like a Habib and Connor,
1: right? Right. Or
0: even a Or even a Colby and Woodley, or yeah, or
1: this isn't Kobe like personal attack. It doesn't. It, it
0: never felt like. Sure, like calling someone a ped user is personal, but I mean, all in all, like the majority of what's been said has been i'm going to destroy you in the cage
1: yeah basically it's that competitive um trash talk more so which i think kind of is what leads us to seeing you know these handshakes
0: and adesanya said after uh, i believe his win over yoel i believe he said like the the fat ricky martin wannabe or whatever he called him like you know like sure there's been some little jabs here and there but like all in all it doesn't seem like it's like boiling hot like bad blood well and like like, uh, like,
1: Apollo and his team did that fake like (laughs) video that was freaking (laughs) hilarious they like recreated what the fight's gonna be
0: they're having fun with it but like I don't think they like each other I just think that it's like a it's more it's more of a competitive thing than personal yeah man at the opinion. end of the day
1: we're talking about two undefeated fighters here
0: one of those o's has got to go
1: oh man we're just a few days away from breaking it down Noah. just a yeah. couple days more
0: yeah it's getting it's getting real <laughs> but uh we'll leave that there not too much to take away from that i think but it seemed like it was uh, kind of blowing up on twitter so i figured we'd talk about it yeah and all in all that's the end of the news the news and now it's time to really break down Saturday's fights. Uh, very this. excited to do this. A lot to take away here, I think. A lot to talk about. And we start with Kevin Holland and Darren Stewart. So, Dom, I, I'm sure you got the notepad handy. I'm just curious what your thoughts are.
1: The notepad
0: is here and full.
1: Um, yeah. So this was a really good fight, uh, all in all, which I think, you know, we... Uh, We expected. I think we expected this to be a great fight. Uh, It was very back and forth, striking, a lot of clinch work in the first round. uh, I had it, uh, Kevin go up 1-0. The second round was basically identical to the first. Uh, Therefore, in my book, Kevin uh, was up 2-0, two rounds to nothing going into the third. Uh, This is where Darren had a really big round three. He had a big takedown and dominated really the final two, two and a half minutes. Big grounded pound. They're talking trash to each other on the ground. And ultimately, Darren definitely won that round. So, you know, technically it's two rounds to one, right? So, okay, Kevin Holland should win 29-28. However, this was a split decision, meaning that one judge did give Darren Stewart this fight, and that is because you could make the argument that the third round was a 10-8 round for Stewart. Um, Well,
0: I don't know if that's uh, why, well, that judge, it wouldn't have been because of a 10-8. Well, he would have gave him another round,
1: obviously, but I think there were people like calling for 10-8s, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Yeah, I think more of the, I don't want to say controversy, I don't know if people were taking it that far, but the people that were more, I guess, on Darren Stewart's side of this decision thought it should have been a draw, I think, more than a because i i do think that maybe round 2 you could maybe make an argument for Darren stewart but i mean round 1 and 2 are pretty you're right like identical um round 3 though like the argument for a 10-8 is there i just i maybe i'm maybe i'm too old school for it or something where i i don't put that many 10-8 rounds when i watch but I didn't quite see it like that. Um, All in all, I thought it was the right decision for Holland. But Holland didn't even think it was the right decision.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Kevin immediately, like, uh, right after the fight ended, apologized to Darren in the octagon because he admitted that he tired out. And it was very clear that he did in round three. Um, And he literally went up to Dana once they left the octagon and said, book it again you know fight again i'll do it no problem um not only do the fans deserve a complete three-round war but i owe it to darren and i thought that was really cool of kevin who's already Mm -hmm. kind of that fan favorite type of personality so for him to be kind of stand up to not only the fans not only to dana but to his opponent and like yeah i beat you but let's do it again anyway because i didn't fight well and offer a good competition in the third round that's really cool
0: Yeah, his uh, post-fight interview, he even said, he's like, I thought it was a draw or even could have been for Stewart. So he's like, we'll run it back. And I'm more than happy to see it again. It was a great fight, uh, but why not do it again? Make sure there's nothing left up for controversy or whatever. Um, I'll see it again, and with the way things have been going, it'll probably be booked pretty soon.
1: Yeah, and this is one of two fights that we may get immediate rematches of. It's kind of crazy. You don't yeah. see that often yeah. on one fight. It was a
0: man. It was a crazy night, but yeah, that this fight, all in all, very good. Uh, it seemed like. What did you think as far as the actual like action itself? Did you was there anything you saw from Kevin Holland here that you felt? Like, If they were to run this back, do you see? was there anything you saw from either fighter that was like, oh, that's going to be a problem in another fight?
1: I saw back? good things so. out of both. Uh, I thought they both honestly had great performances. That round one was like the definite decisive round for Kevin where he looked really good. Again, round two is super close, but I still had Kevin winning it. Uh, but he's a very good striker and very unorthodox. Again, they're chit-chatting and he's saying funny things in the octagon like, Kevin got kneed in the nuts one time, and he's like, oh, it must just be an apex thing because there's been a lot of groin shots throughout this summer. Um, And Darren, like I said, was chirping at him in round three when he was eating him up with the ground and pound. Uh, I'm all for rematch because usually we try and match make what's next, but I think that's Mm -hmm. really... Like, it's hard, right, when a dude wins, but I like it. And if they want it, if the fighters want it, then I'm completely fine with it, so yeah and I think it would be a great second fight because this one was a great fight, so
0: I agree. I definitely think that uh if Kevin Holland wants to win a second fight with Darren Stewart, that cardio is definitely going to be worked on obviously right um, just because his style here he was looking it looked like his style was to try to wear down Darren Stewart, but then he ended up kind of wearing himself out. yeah, I agree. and Darren Stewart did not show really he did not show like he was slowing down at all. I feel like that dude could have went five rounds.
1: Oh, yeah. Dude, he's literally the middleweight version of Tyron Woodley. Um, Yeah. Very strong, great wrestling, and he really showed it in that third round. But he's good striking. It it was a very good fight. Kevin's that really long, lanky dude, and then Mm -hmm. Darren's kind of the short, stocky guy. So that's always cool when those two body types get to match up against each other.
0: Yeah, and going into this, I had uh, Kevin Holland winning by decision, so that one worked out for me there but who did you have you i remember? had
1: kevin via some sort of K O T K O, but i don't remember what round okay but regardless but yeah, all in all,
0: yeah we both had holland winning but i think darren stewart put up a better fight than either of us really saw coming i mean not that we were counting him out but i think that uh he definitely showed quite a bit here right. at what level he's at right now these guys are very even i think i agree but uh moving on from there we have our women's fight of the night My goodness. Mackenzie Dern, man.
1: Don't go to the ground. (laughs) Don't go to the ground with her. You'll immediately regret it. And I know Random Um, Marcos probably does. Yeah, this was uh,
0: very interesting. I think it was about a three-minute fight or so.
1: Yeah, three minutes Uh, and 44 seconds.
0: Okay, so Mackenzie Dern gets the armbar finish. Round one over Random Marcos. Go ahead and break it down, Dom.
1: Yeah, so basically, like 40 seconds into the fight, Randa, I don't know what exactly happened, but she ends up in full guard. How they got there is not really too clear a day later when we're recapping, but regardless, it got to the ground, Um, and regardless of if McKenzie's on top or bottom, you just don't want to be on the ground with her. It's that simple. From the second they got on the ground, McKenzie absolutely controlled the whole fight, Um, even from the bottom. She was working triangle chokes, armoplatas, arm bars, and then ultimately got the arm bar submission. Shout out to Randa Marcos, though, because she's got some flexible shoulders because it was (laughs) locked in for nearly 30 seconds, like, deep, before she finally got the tap. It was crazy. That was so nasty. But Mackenzie is known for her, you know, she's a world jiu-jitsu champion, I think, multiple times. And the thing is, her striking is just getting better each fight. We just don't get to see right. it much. Like, she's training with Jason Perillo. If you don't yeah. know, that's Michael Bisbing's coach. He um, did a striking with uh, Chris Cyborg. Like, he knows he knows what he's talking about with strikers. Yeah. Yeah, so no, the fact definitely... that she's training with him with this outstanding jujitsu, jitsu uh, I think she's a future champ. It's just a matter of when, to be honest.
0: Okay. I, I like that kind of call there. I mean, there's definitely a lot of hype behind her, especially now when that one loss she had is to Amanda Rebus, who has definitely proven that she's also in that same level of potential future champ status kind of thing. Right. Uh, this fight, you know, I picked Randa to win. Um, probably not the smartest idea. Obviously, hindsight's twenty twenty. But But, uh, man, once it got to the ground, it was over. Oh, yeah. yeah I know. Randa hung in there showed a lot of heart to be able to kind of withstand what was going on but Mackenzie, man she was switching up those submissions like it was nothing just like with the arm she just kept throwing that shit everywhere. Oh, so, she was throwing so arms smooth everywhere. and
1: like creative and so just fluent and comfortable like yeah i've never seen someone so, someone so comfortable on the ground no matter like i said she was on her back this whole time yeah. and was just controlling everything it was wild
0: well, because Rand or they even said on the broadcast that Randa was doing a lot of good things when it came to trying to defend the armbar. Mm-hmm. You know, she was tying up Mackenzie's uh, left leg and stuff like that. But McKenzie completely composed, just able to just hang it, just you know, hold it in position. And then as soon as she was able to get that leg free, able to really hammer it home, and Randa just eventually taps.
1: Yeah, it was um, it was like a beautiful science to like watch her. You could, like, see her just calculate her moves and what she was going to do. It was really very impressive.
0: Yeah, completely agree. Mackenzie going into this fight, was ranked 15th in the uh, women's strawweight division. So I'm curious who you think is next for her.
1: So I've kind of got three things in my head here. Um, okay. I really like, and we've already mentioned this, I like the fight with Angela Hill, because um, I think that's something that, is a big name for Mackenzie. And she's right. obviously uh, Angela's 13th, so she's ranked ahead of her regardless. So it makes sense in all, all aspects. And I think Angela still deserves a ranked opponent because of how great her fight was with Michelle. So that's my option one. Uh, option two, I'd like to see her fight like Atisha Torres, who's ranked 11th, but a seasoned vet, who's kind of been there and done that with everybody. And then my third option would actually be the winner of Reboss and Carla because it gives us the potential for the rematch with her and Reboss. Or maybe even the loser. Like, I could see it both ways. Because it's weird that Amanda got paired with Carla because Amanda Reboss is 12th and Carla is number 6. So that's obviously a big gap. Um, So it's kind of like I could see her fighting the winner or the loser. But I I really want to see her fight Angela Hill because Angela will, I believe, test her standing up a little bit more than some of her other opponents.
0: Right. Uh, the Tisha Torres fight is definitely very interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely agree with that one. Um, another one that uh, sticking out to me might be a little high, but uh, Marina Rodriguez. Yeah. Uh, she just came off a very close decision loss to Carlos Barza at the end of July. Uh, she's ranked ninth right now. I think that could make a lot of sense, you know, for her to fight down. And then you have McKenzie trying to work her way up. Um, that would definitely be a step up in competition as well. Because Marina is, is someone that a lot of people think is uh, potentially a top five level fighter.
1: Yeah, she's fight got there. to and win a lot over people, Tisha Torres.
0: A lot yeah. of people thought she won that fight with Carla. You know, Carla just keeps proving that she is... You cannot count her out despite, you know, the way she she's been counted out basically since she lost the belt right uh so definitely no shame and a very close loss there but i i like the idea of that fight uh for mckenzie um but yeah either of those uh, i i am not against the a, a potential rematch with rivas but i also feel like these two ladies are still very young still working their way up, and I think you could potentially be looking at this as a future title fight. Yeah, I think
1: it'd be a fun rematch down the road as well. Yeah,
0: I, I don't know if I'd be ready for for that fight to happen, re- be run back yet, just because I feel like both these ladies are, they, they have a big name to them, both of them do right now, and I feel like the UFC could be squandering a potential big money fight down the line for them. Yeah. A big title fight, potentially. I'm not trying to work too far ahead for either of them, but, you know, they're they're both climbing pretty quickly, so it could happen before we know it.
1: Yeah, and McKenzie's been really active as of recently, after, you know, the mm-hmm. baby and I and all that stuff. She, this is her third fight of 2020, and she said she wants to fight again this year. And, of course, right. Angela Hill, we know she wants to fight again. Um, <laughs> yeah. I would like to see McKenzie potentially go a little higher than 13. But, like I said, there's something about that Angela Hill fight that I think's intriguing, and it kind of seems be. like the most feasible one to make, if I'm the UFC. Because yeah. we know Angela Hill ain't turning down a fight, so.
0: No, that'd be very interesting. It would definitely be, considering where Angela Hill, despite her record in the company, uh, her status is definitely uh, in that Cowboy Cerrone-type vein of being like a fan favorite of someone yeah. that... um always comes to fight, you know, win or lose. Uh, so I think I could be big for both of them because Mackenzie Dern has all this hype behind her. And then you got Angela Hill, who's kind of the underdog in that potential matchup, looking to squash the hype train, you know?
1: Yeah, I agree. Uh,
0: moving on from there, a very interesting one here is Johnny Walker gets a knockout of over Ryan Spann in about 2 minutes, 43 seconds. But I will say before I let you take it away with kind of the breakdown of the action you know I this is a fight that I accurately predicted I said Johnny Walker Biden first round knockout however is it weird that despite this being a big win for him I feel like it also didn't answer a lot of the questions that are still being asked about him
1: not at all I, I can, couldn't agree more with that statement
0: mm-hmm. so it, I'll let you take it away
1: I don't even, I don't even have like a good breakdown of this. I have a bullet point that says, "WTF just happened." Yeah. I, I, leave it to Johnny Walker to get knocked out twice in one round and still win in one round. That that's kind of all I gotta say. <laughs>
0: it this um, happened in less than three minutes?
1: Yes, this was um, the round of the night. Um, Span looked decent i don't either guy didn't look great to me it was just kind of i don't want to say sloppy it wasn't that bad but it wasn't the most technical striking war either both guys landed big shots on each other essentially um and it eventually ends up where span's going for the takedown so he's got uh the double leg wrapped around walker and their um johnny's back is on the fence and Johnny just rains down, brutal elbows, hits right to the side of the temple, puts Ryan Span's lights out. I mean, but before that, they were just clanging and banging. It, Johnny Walker got knocked down twice. And at one point, when Span had completed one of those knockdowns, Johnny also threw a kick that landed right on Ryan's face and I thought Ryan was like gonna fall down on top of Johnny like I don't even know how to explain it man this was
0: pure madness just chaos um and which is kind of what I was hoping it would be for these two I just hate that like once it went down and it was done I was just sitting there like huh
1: <laughs> what just happened that's what it I was, was saying
0: like, like I really was like pegging this to be like Johnny Walker's kind of comeback where it's like, okay, we're back on track here. He's still a guy that can be potentially a top five in that division. And then I kind of walked away going I I'm not sure. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> like I, I don't know. Like I'm not saying he looked bad. You know, it's a big win for him. Ryan's fans, no slouch and uh, you know, he looked good for the first couple minutes there, but I don't know, man. Uh, for, for both these guys, it almost came off like they both won and both lost at the same time. Mm-hmm. I I literally don't know how else to describe it.
1: Yeah. In, a, in terms of, like, what should be next... So I for, got one for Johnny. For Johnny, I have a clear-cut... Well, two people.
0: Anthony, it's Anthony Smith.
1: Yeah, I, 100%. I think it should be Anthony. Um, the problem is I really want Anthony to take a break and, right. you know, take some time away. And Johnny, you know, granted he did get hit a lot. He said he's ready to roll again because at the end of the day, he didn't like take too much damage. He just got rocked a couple times. Right. So just a few weeks for him to just rest up the head, the jaw, but he's obviously in shape. He didn't even go three minutes. So he's, he's ready to roll. Anthony on the other hand is not like Johnny. I could see fighting at the end of the year. Um, and that's why I kind of had one other option for him, and that was Volkan Uzdemir.
0: That, that was going to be my second one. There. Um,
1: just because Volkan's coming off uh, the loss to your boy, uh, Yuri. But right. that was a little bit ago, so I think it just kind of lines up better. Um, and it's still a ranked seventh dude, and I, I do think Johnny should fight up uh, in the weight class. And then for Span, uh, It'd be cool to see him fight a guy like Shogun, potentially, um, or like a Misha Surkinov, ranked number 10. Uh, I think he does still deserve a top 15, but I don't want him fighting up more than, like I said, he's 12th, so Misha's number 10, and fighting a veteran like Shogun who's coming off a win, and he's ranked 14th. Um, and It would be an opportunity for Shogun to kind of show he still has it in him, not only against a guy like Noguera, another vet that's older, but that he can fight against a guy like Span too. So that's kind of what I'm thinking for him.
0: Well, that 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 fight with Shogun could make a lot of sense because uh, probably Ryan Span's biggest win of his career at UFC 237, which was in Brazil, headlined by Rose Namajunas and Jessica Andrade. Ryan Span knocked out uh, Little Nog uh, Noguera in about two minutes. Right. So that Noguera just... His last fight, his retirement fight, just happened like less than, or just over, you know, what? Been a month and a half or so. Mm-hmm. He fought Shogun for the third time. Um, Shogun's still going strong, man. I don't see any reason why that 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 fight can't happen.
1: Yeah, I, I definitely think it's one that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> mm-hmm, but yeah,
0: Walker for such an exciting round and for so much to happen. Yet, I feel like I have so little to take away from it.
1: Right. Yeah, I agree. Like,
0: I legitimately am just, like, sitting here, like, I, I don't know what to, for either guy.
1: Yeah. yeah. Like I said, there wasn't, like, it was a I fun have,
0: fight. I, I, I like both these guys. You know, I'm a, you, you keep saying, like, I'm the Johnny Walker guy. Ryan's fan, I'm definitely a fan of as well. And yet, for both of them here, I'm just kind of left with a lot of questions. Right. Like, I'm still, with Johnny, I'm still, like, kind of one foot out, one foot in with him. Mm-hmm. It, despite it's, what is arguably a big win.
1: Yeah, and I think it's a fight that we're, like, neither one of them are going to go anywhere in the rankings. They were, it was number 11 versus number 12. It was right. a back-and-forth fight, and Johnny got a knockout. But it was... Neither one did anything to be like whoa, so I I don't think they move in the rankings. Therefore, you know the number eleven Johnny fighting a number eight Smith or a number seven Vulcan, and again a Span who's number twelve with the number ten Serkinov or a number fourteen Shogun. Ah. Neither one I don't think at this moment, based off of the fight from Saturday, deserve anything more. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I agree. But both have huge
1: ceilings and potential.
0: Overall, though they both like they brought it for that round. That was exciting. That was just a great round. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Definitely a little chaotic. But not the most technical of affairs, but sometimes you just like a good old fashioned like just slugfest, you know?
1: Yeah, that was the definition <laughs> of uh, the slobber knocker.
0: Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Uh, but here's here's a fight that uh, went even less time, and maybe we'll have a lot more to talk about here. Uh. Hazmat Chimayev, the the biggest prospect in the UFC, he had this fight with Gerald Mirchart, a fight where a lot of people were saying that they were overlooking Mirchart because they had already basically, not officially announced, but it looked like that they were going to be trying to get uh, Hazmat to fight Damian Maya next, who's ranked seventh at welterweight. Um... He knocked out Mirchard in 17 seconds. 17 seconds. The first fight he threw in the fight. Yeah. Or the first punch. I yeah. said the first yeah. fight he threw
1: one, one, the fight. One right hand. This is a guy that's known as a, re- a wrestler, by the way. Mm-hmm. He said... And this uh, is
0: Mirchard, a guy who... I'm Actually, go ahead and start talking about. Break it down for everybody. Like I, I know it was 17 seconds, but just go ahead and talk.
1: Yeah, let me break this down. So, uh, one punch KO. All right, Noah, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I literally wrote one punch KO WTF exclamation point question mark exclamation point. That's insane. That, that's all I wrote. That's the only note I
0: had. So here's something about Mirchart, okay? He's been TKO'd twice in his career. Once to Tiago Santos way back in the day. And then he was TKO'd by Ian Heinisch in his last fight, actually. This is the first time he's ever been knocked out cold.
1: Yeah. It, it, it was brutal. He Hamza walked him down, backed him up against the cage, one right hand, dropped. The referee just couldn't get there quick enough, so Chemayev landed like two or three more. Um, so now through three UFC fights, Chemayev has outlanded his opponents 194
0: to three. To three. I thought it was still two.
1: I, it might be two.
0: Because I think he was hit twice in his first fight, and he has not been hit in his last two.
1: Yeah. Um, that is and, he, and he's in the best organization in the world. Look, man, I... Can he just get two title fights in both divisions? <laughs> <laughs> is it, can, can we do that? Like, in the look, same night,
0: or... Look, look, look. I after what's kind of went on with Johnny Walker and stuff, I've been trying to be a little more hesitant to buy in on some of these guys that get a lot of the hype behind them. You just saw like Edmund Shabazian get taken down things like that that uh he he's ready to fight for a belt yeah he's, um, not even he's not even ranked bro so. Here's here's uh, the fight. Maya, him, him being given Damian Maya, that this might be like old yeller just playing out before our eyes.
1: It's the it's the Shawn Michaels um <coughs> kick to the With face fight. of Ric Flair. Yeah. Yep. Um so at middleweight, I wanna I want to start there because this yeah. fight was technically at middleweight. There's one fight and one fight only. Marvin okay. Vittori, number fourteen. That's the Ooh, one.
0: Wow.
1: That's the one. Wow. That's the one. That's the one.
0: Now, I do want to – I actually saw this brought up on Twitter about him fighting Marvin Vittori, and not to bring this side into it because I like that when we match make, we don't really think about anything else. But Vittori and Hasman, I believe, are both under uh, – uh, what's his name? The the big-time manager. Ali Abdelaziz? <laughs> yeah, Ali
1: Hey man, so are Justin
0: and Habib Well, okay, I know But I'm just saying that For Marvin and for Hosmot, They're both kind of on the rise right now So it's almost like I don't know if that'll be the fight that happens At middleweight for him um, I could totally see him fighting uh, Brad Tavares next Yeah Or even uh, shit. Well, actually, Ian Heinisch called him out Oh, he did yeah, Ian Heinisch said, uh, I forget what he said. I think it was on Instagram. He said something along the lines of, like, you know, I'll welcome him to the top 15 at middleweight for sure.
1: Well, and that's who just TKO'd Gerald, right?
0: Yeah, at UFC 250.
1: So that definitely would make sense as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's the fight that I'm, uh, even though 15, like you almost want to see him get higher because he's about to fight Damian Maya probably at welterweight. He was ranked seventh
1: yeah um do we want to talk about that
0: <laughs> yeah um, um okay, look they all respect look if there's a guy who could present a problem to hazmat style it could be damian maya but with that being said <laughs> this is likely uh oh man this this will be kind of this might be a joseph benavidez Davison Pigareto type story
1: like here's the thing he's about to be given a top 10 at welterweight is he just going to keep going back and forth each fight because i'm kind of down i like it because if he's able and his body's okay with it i mean i'm assuming he just doesn't walk around much heavier than 185 Because he's not that big of a dude. I'd say at the most, he gets up to 200, absolute max. So that's why he's able to make that 170 so easy.
0: For welterweight, he's pretty big, isn't he? Yeah, man. I mean,
1: again, when you've got a guy that's knocking out Gerald Mirchart, who's a true middleweight (laughs) in one punch, he's pretty damn big for welterweight.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and I just, look, Mirchart. all respect to him. It was a shot he didn't see coming. Osmot was setting up the faint left hand perfectly and came with that right. He didn't even see it coming. I, I think it's safe to him. say
1: that I think everybody thought Shemayev was gonna win, unfortunately for Mirchart's sake, but I don't think anyone it. saw that happening.
0: I uh, no. I
1: was not expecting <laughs> to one, not go to the ground at all, or at least clinch, and two being a one punch good night
0: you text me when it happened and said "Osman's pretty good at fighting <laughs> yeah.
1: that's all i gotta say he's good Osman is a good give fighter
0: the, <laughs> i say i say give him the belt bro just give him uh, on, uh, Ufman, who israel adesanya who
1: did, did you see uh, dana's press conference
0: uh, actually, I wanted to watch it before we recorded, but I have not yet. I play, I'm going to actually watch it probably right now.
1: He went into so much detail about just how in all he is, basically, of Chimaev and how. I did see the
0: quote yeah. how he was saying that uh, he thinks that Osbott's one of the most special fighters he's ever came yeah, across. Maybe it, the most. Yeah,
1: if not the most. And I. Again, it's hard, right? He's had three fights in the UFC, but it's just. This is crazy, man. What he's doing. Like, if he goes in in a month or two and fights Damian Maya, number seven at welterweight, in his fourth ever UFC fight, and does what he's been doing, uh, buddy, look out. Both divisions, you're on notice. That's
0: all I got to say. He might be ruining our picks for who will be champion by August 2021.
1: Yeah, and not only that, he's going to ruin it for two divisions. He's gonna yep. he's gonna go win two belts.
0: He's gonna he might win two belts and keep defending them every month.
1: Yeah, then go up to freaking light heavyweight. I don't know what he's gonna do. This is just Man. this is really something special that if you're an MMA fan, you need to really take notice of this because you I, don't see the you don't see things like this happen often.
0: I implore everyone who's listening that, you know, is like a casual viewer or even if you're someone like us who watches quite a bit. Really take notice of this guy from here on out because it's really history we're watching.
1: Yeah, and he's only 26.
0: Regardless of if, let's say, his next fight with Damian Maya, you want to watch that. Oh, yeah. Because let's say Maya upsets him. I mean, I know he's only had three fights in UFC, but you're talking like an all-time moment.
1: (laughs) Oh, I can't even imagine what the betting lines will be for Chemiah after last night. Yeah. I mean, he'll he'll probably open up a minus 800.
0: It felt like in a lot of ways, like this kind of, that fight last night, it kind of felt like uh, Connor's moment when he knocked out Poirier. Mm-hmm.
1: You, you kind of had this guy come in with a lot of hype, but then he gets this very noticeable win relatively easy, and you're like, okay, wait. This guy's talking the talk, and he's backing it up, and we see what Connor went on to do.
0: I almost said that it was like Connor's Aldo moment, but that was for a belt, so I ain't gonna go that And, high it, with and this it's break. crazy
1: because this run that Chimaev's on is significantly more um, convincing and dominant than what Connor did. And Connor well, was anyone, very dominant, by the way. What
0: anybody has done.
1: Yeah, this is insane. I mean, even,
0: even like, I mean, the, the closest example is probably Anderson Silva, but like that was at a different time. Literally, Silva had one fight in UFC. <laughs> Dominant win over Chris Lieb, and then he gets the belt, dominates Rich Franklin, rest is history.
1: I, I think we're seeing a, a bigger version and more powerful version of Habib. I, I, I yeah, mean, bro. let's be real.
0: This guy's a problem. Yeah. It's... And for mere chart, like, man, tough loss right there. That's tough, especially when he was, uh, you know, sure he was being overlooked but he was making sure everybody knew that he was gonna be a problem for Hosma. he said that Hosma won't be able to walk into that next fight with damien right well he's right he's not gonna be able to walk into that next fight because the ufc is gonna literally carry him yeah he's
1: already on the plane he's in abu dhabi (laughs) already
0: (laughs) i mean jesus dude like that's tough
1: yeah it's 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 really a special time right now to kind of just witness this. No matter how long this lasts, and I'd say it's going to last a while, but we'll see.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so everybody please keep tuning into this stuff cuz this is going to be big for a while, I would say. But moving on from there, we got our co-main, the fight of the night, I would say.
1: Oh, yeah, 100%.
0: As we as we predicted, as we predicted, uh, we have a majority draw, though, as Cowboy Cerrone and Nico Price fight to a majority draw. I loved everything about this fight—the lead-up, the fight itself, the post-fight. Did you see the clip of the two after the fight backstage? Yeah. Um, Nico said he's like, "I want to be you," basically, and I was just like, talking about their the kids
1: article. and yeah, it was a uh, one of the most heartwarming post-fight interviews. You don't see yeah, two sure. fighters give interviews together, first off, so that was yeah. really special.
0: Yeah, so I'm curious, Don, what were your thoughts of the actual fight itself and Um,
1: everything? I thought the fight was going to be over within the first two minutes, the way it started. Nico put on a pace that I I, I couldn't keep up. He was hitting Donald with every shot. So shout out to Cowboy for riding the storm because, again, we got another example of it last night. Donald is not a good starter. It's... It's clear,
0: right? He's a slow starter. He's admitted that.
1: Yeah, and last night it showed even more. Nico absolutely dominated the first two minutes of that round. Donald then began to get more comfortable and, you know, defend better. But Nico ultimately wins round one,
0: 100%.
1: Um, However, he had a couple eye pokes. And because of that, the referee deducted a point away from Nico Price. So, mm-hmm. round 1 ultimately gets scored 9 to 9. Keep that in mind. Round 2 uh another back and forth round, uh way more back and forth in terms of like a lot closer of a round. Um I still had Nico winning it though, to be honest. Yeah. Um but it was f- fantastic back and forth on the feet the entire fight. And then round 3 Literally more of the same. It's basically just repeated over and over and over. Um, I actually put, I don't know who won the third round, and then I put, but it was a great fight. Uh, so, if I remember the scorecards correctly, one judge gave the fight to Cowboy, 29 28. And then the other two judges scored it 28 28, 28 28 which leads us to the majority draw because two out of the three judges scored it a draw.
0: Yeah, you were right, except the the one that scored it for Cowboy was 29-27 due to that of right. point.
1: Um, I don't, That judge was watching a different fight, in my opinion, because I thought that if it hadn't been for the eye poke, Nico clearly won rounds one and two. Um, so at the most, Cowboy won round three. That's it. So... Um, of course, because of the draw in round one, that means that it was a 9-9, nine to nine, a 10-9, to nine, and then a 10-9 to nine the other way. And that's how we get the draw. This fight's going to be rematched, I would imagine. Um, mm-hmm. Dana did mention that he thinks it's time to have a talk with Donald, which is, you know, that's sad. This is a guy that we've got to meet. We've had the pleasure to meet him. He's... Truly the embodiment of a fighter in every sense of the word. And he's done it all. He has countless records that I can't even list off because the episode will be six hours long. Um, And Nico, on the other hand, looked fantastic and really brought the fight to him. Donald did say that he felt it was the worst performance that he had ever had. um, Which I thought was interesting. Because, honestly, I thought he looked relatively well. Because he I mean, he survived that round one storm, and I thought he was going to go down. Um, so I don't know. It's it's weird. It I, mean, I, I kind of went on a tangent. Just, you know,
0: you don't want to take too much into what someone's saying in the heat of the moment. You know, the fight just happened. He's been hit a lot. It, definitely not the worst performance of his career. Uh, we just saw one that was probably up there with the Connor fight, um, but. All in all, I want to see this fight again. But Donald did say, he said, that's the last you're going to see of me for 2020. Basically, he's saying he's going to take more time off, which I think is good for him.
1: Yeah, I'm glad he Um, decided to make that decision. I think it's also just because, again, he had the second son just born, literally last week. So, like, I'd imagine that was very difficult, and he talked about that in the post-fight presser. So, yeah, you know, early 2021, run it back, and... I mean, do you think win or lose, that might be it for Cowboy?
0: I don't. I don't think it'll be it if it's up to Cowboy. But I think it'll be it if Dana truly.
1: Yeah. What What do you make of Dana kind of saying, you know, maybe it's time to have a talk? Because we know that's kind of ultimately what happened with him and Chuck, and of course well, okay. that led to so Chuck. That's the,
0: that's the obvious one. That's the obvious one, right? The Chuck Waddell thing. Um. I definitely think that it could be the last we see of him, especially if he loses to Nico. Then you're talking about a guy who outside of this draw had lost five fights yeah. straight. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, there's been some inconsistencies over the years because then you got a guy like BJ Penn who had, I mean, I think now he's pretty much done. But that man was allowed to fight for a decade without ever winning a fight.
1: Yeah, he hasn't won a – it's 2020. He hasn't won since 2010, right?
0: Yeah, I believe he's lost 10 straight. Yeah. Um, that's not good. No. So, that's a guy – and I think now he's done because I don't know if you remember the clip of, like, the outside of a bar. That dude, like, punched BJ Penn in the face and, like, knocked him out cold.
1: I don't know if I ever actually saw the clip, but I did hear
0: about the incident. Yeah, so I think now he's done. Um, once something like that happens, you kind of, uh, that's not good. But I'm, uh, I don't know, man. I, I don't know if it'll truly be the last time we see him. I think a lot of it depends on how that rematch goes. Um, but, you know, the fact that Dana's at least acknowledging it, which is probably something that we've all kind of wondered since he hasn't been able to get a win here in a while. You know, for Cowboy, though, he keeps claiming that he's wanting to fight for damn near five more years and stuff like that. Uh, I don't see that happening.
1: Do you think he makes it to the age of 40? Because I believe he's 37 now.
0: No, I don't. Uh, I don't know if this break he's kind of been taking, which I know it's not really a long break, but for him it feels like it's been, you know, he just – Came, he hadn't fought since May, um, so it, that's been four months, which is again pretty normal for the, most fighters. Unless but you're him, Cowboy. <laughs> and now he just said he's not going to fight again in 2020. So if you take his word on that, <clears throat> if it's January, that's another four months, right? So I'm wondering if now he's starting to accept that and is like on his way out as well. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's a maybe it's a another thing of like maybe the UFC is also just trying not to let him fight as often as he wants to. But again, second son being born, he's got a lot of plans for his BMF branch that he's been talking about for a while. The guy does so much shit outside the octagon, so much just cool shit. He
1: lives an incredible life. It's yeah, pretty over. wild.
0: That man has no fear.
1: No, he he fears nothing.
0: And um yeah, I all in all though I there's a lot to take away from this fight for both guys, but I don't I think the only right matchup is to see them two fight again. Yeah,
1: yeah, I agree. Nico
0: I will say Nico showed me a lot here.
1: Oh yeah. He looked good. That first round was pretty amazing.
0: You know, Cowboy obviously is uh past his prime at this point, but he's still definitely a top fifteen level guy. Yeah. A guy who's really hung in there with the best of the best and even in the past year and nico has been a guy that's been kind of trading wins and losses but his wins come in such an exciting fashion and his losses happen in fights of the night and stuff like that so he's really garnered a reputation but you know i was kind of counting him out a little bit i was like okay this is a guy that's he's known for putting on great fights win or lose well he loses quite a bit of the fights he has so Maybe he's probably going to lose this one, right? right? He showed a lot, man. He he won the fight if it wasn't for the eye pokes.
1: So. Yeah, he did. It, it was a it was a definite two to one, potentially 3 three zero, had it not been for you know the eye pokes. And then obviously, you know, both two judges did see it uh, for Cowboy, and the one gave him two rounds, so which was very surprising. But well,
0: you mean two judges had to draw? Yeah. Oh. Okay. So, yeah, all in all, hopefully we see it again. um if they really do have the talk with Cowboy like now, uh, maybe we're talking about a different fight for Nico, but this fight will probably get him very close to that top fifteen, I would imagine, oh yeah, know he didn't win uh you gotta think that he's gotta be pretty close to that top fifteen.
1: Oh, hey he's so. he's more than deserving of a top fifteen
0: for sure. Both uh, guys,
1: obviously, but especially Nico, a guy that's still got more uh, gas left in the tank.
0: Yeah, so uh, moving on to the main event. We got uh, Colby Chaos Covington going up against Tyron Woodley. The fight that, for it seemed like, was never going to happen. Pretty much, what, two years in the making? Yeah. Uh, overall went very much like Tyron's last two fights. Very disappointing to see that, I think, but I want to give you a chance here to just talk about the fight itself in its entirety.
1: Yeah. So, um, we, we basically saw nearly five full rounds. Uh, Of course I'll get into it, but round one, Colby completely controls the clinch, uh, and just the octagon in general, cutting off Tyron. He had Tyron's back on the cage. Uh, He did land one takedown in that first round. I think it's just notable to take down or mention all of the takedowns Colby got, just because again Tyron has that you know highest takedown accuracy in welterweight history at 91 plus percent. Um, So I had it 1-0 for Colby. Really much of the same happened in round two. It was the best round for Tyron. (laughs) He. I don't want to say he let his hands go, um, but he at least loosened up a little more. I think Colby only outlanded him strike wise by like seven or eight in that round. Uh, Tyron did land a couple where you were like, oh, Colby felt that at least. So that's when I was kind of like, hmm, okay, maybe we'll see him just continue that, you know, that pace and just continue to loosen up as the fight goes on. Well, round three happens and it was pretty identical to round one. A lot of more. Uh, Clinch control, octagon control, etc. For Colby, so at this point he's up 3-0. Meaning that in a championship fight, there's two rounds left. So Tyron can no longer win by decision. He basically has to finish the fight. And his corner told him that um, going from the 4th to the 5th. Because in the 4th round, it was a 10-8. It was dominant. Colby absolutely dominated the entire round from start to finish on the ground, cut Tyron very badly with an elbow. He outlanded um, 113 strikes to two in round four.
0: Um, I didn't realize that it was that. I didn't realize Kobe landed that much in that round.
1: Uh, he, he broke Tyron, I believe, in that round, unfortunately. Um, And then that's where Tyron's uh, coach, Duke Rufus, says, you have to finish it. You have to go out here and finish the fight in round five. Round five begins. Tyron pulls guard. Well, it was kind of a half pull guard and a half takedown, but Tyron has a guillotine locked in, um, and he's trying to crank the neck. Um, Colby's able to kind of slip out, reverse his body over top of Tyron. And during this kind of transition on the ground, Tyron just lets out this scream. Ah, ah, my rib, my rib. Um, fight gets called off. At, we found out today, of course we're recording this on Sunday, Tyron did uh, break one of his ribs during mm-hmm. the fight. I think it actually happened earlier on in the fight. At least that's what I had seen from some of the tweets. Um, and then that fifth round during that transition on the ground is where it just completely, it maybe poked, you know, something, or I don't really know, but you, I, you know, someone's in pain when you're in the middle of a fist fight and you scream, you know, ah, ah," you know, I can't, you know. Um, so it it was very similar to, uh, if anybody remembers the Anthony Pettis and Dustin Poirier fight where Dustin is, uh, on the ground in top control. And as he's transitioning, um, from like side control to full mount or vice versa, Anthony kind of twists and, he screams out, and his rib, I don't know if it officially broke because this was a little while ago, but his rib got messed up, and the fight ended the same way. Um, so all in all, Colby gets the TKO finish, one minute and 19 seconds into round five.
0: This was a, once again, for Colby Covington, this was a just outclassing of an opponent, yeah. a former champ. Uh, Tyron has officially lost 15 rounds in a row. It's time for him to hang it up, I think.
1: Yeah, I, I agree, and I'm saying that in like the most respectful way. Um, I even too. Dana said it in the post-fight. Um, I don't know um, if you saw, but uh, Usman and Rashad Evans had a very good two-minute clip uh, t- talking about it, and Rashad kind of brought his perspective into it, being he was – a great fighter, former champion. And then he reached this point in his career where it just wasn't fun anymore. And it just felt like, Oh, I got a fight coming up. You know, I got to get ready for a fight. And, you know, he's basically said, when you start feeling that way and it's showing in your performances, it's, it's time. Um, it's probably the best thing to do for your mental health and just being mentally strong. And of course for your physical health, you know, Tyron's got a family, kids and, you know, you don't want to continue going down this path. You kind of want to go out while you still can, because Tyron is one of the greatest welterweights we've ever seen. Um, so I I think it's I think it's time.
0: It's just I mean, there's nothing left for him to prove. And right. I feel like, you know, for him to continue kind of falling down the ladder here, he I, I just I think it's only going to do damage to his legacy at this point, and you know he. He might as well just go out now. Yep. Yeah, we you're talking; these aren't like you know him getting like knocked out in a round or whatever. You're talking like five rounds of being dominated. Yeah. And three straight fights. Yeah,
1: I mean you can't really. Sure, just it's that the any top. Better. I mean,
0: you're talking the top of the top of that division. For sure. But it's, I, I mean, I'm not saying that there isn't anybody. He, I'm not saying he couldn't beat anybody. But it doesn't look like his, his head's in it, his heart's in it anymore. Um, I don't want to, like, assume that. But it just, it that's just what it doesn't. I don't feel a sense of urgency because, you know, he knows he's down in these fights and he just kind of, he still just kind of sticks to his guns a little bit. Doesn't really show any sense of urgency, any sort of want to, like, Put it all on the line, you know, and yeah, I completely agree with Rashad. Where it's like, if you start feeling that way, it's probably time.
1: Yeah.
0: As for Colby, though, this this win was pretty big for him.
1: Yeah, this was huge.
0: All uh, right, I I want to know. Uh, I feel like there's one obvious name for who's next for him, based off of who, right now Usman, Gilbert Burns, booked for the end of the year. There's one guy without a fight. Because then you have Mosby all looking like he's going to rematch uh, Nate Diaz. Uh, that, I think it's Leon Edwards.
1: So I, I would love that more so for Leon because the poor guy just yeah just getting slept on, man. Um, yeah. So I would love that fight. And you know, Colby's two, Leon's three. It makes sense. However, I. I am also kind of in that boat where I feel Colby was so dominant that he could wait and just fight the winner of Burns and Usman just because we know how good of a fight he had with Usman and you could argue he was winning the fight and they I mean, had you know their how big I talk post fight.
0: No, I thought. You know no, I thought about that fight. Yeah, you thought he was up 3-1. Yeah.
1: So um and then I'm sure you saw it they were yelling at each other post fight on the Broadcasts and they they very much still dislike each other Mm -hmm. um and especially if like if Burns is able to beat Usman then I think it's even easier to justify a title for Colby I think um I would honestly love to see Colby fight Jorge it's just Jorge's probably gonna fight Diaz obviously um I'm not opposed to Colby Leon but Colby didn't even mention his name last night, if you noticed that. He only mentioned Masvidal and Usman. Usman. Now, I know those are the, the two biggest names for him to call out, obviously. But do you think it's partially because, I mean, Leon's a problem, you know?
0: I mean, he didn't say anything about Burns either, but then Burns said some shit on Twitter, and Colby might have responded, I don't know. but right,
1: I know Leon called him out last night, too. Uh, right. Leon needs to be given a fight somebody. Somebody's got well, to fight me, my man.
0: Like if Kobe wants to fight, whether it's by the end of the year or beginning of next year, like, I don't – since that title fight isn't booked until December, depending on how it goes, there could possibly not be another title fight for that division until April, May. Right. That's a long wait for a guy – you know to justify giving him that title fight do you now, think wrong, that he like could wait though
1: like do you think, think he did he enough to kind of earn could. that next spot and just kind of sit around and wait
0: look man i i definitely think he's uh, uh i definitely think he's deserving of the title shot but it's not always how that goes a lot of it's the timing of everything and i'm not sure if in may i would agree with what i'm saying now right Sure, if that title fight hadn't been booked yet, I would still think Burns should be next, but I'd also be going, well, maybe Colby's next. Yeah. But since the Burns-Uzman fight's booked, I mean, I'm sure Colby might be on standby in case someone falls out of that matchup. True. Yeah. yeah. Uh, maybe that's kind of what he's going to do. Or maybe he'll be on standby even for someone falling out of Diaz-Masvidal. Who knows? Yeah. Um. I, just, I don't know, man. I, I I just think the Edwards fight makes a lot of sense. Am I confident it's going to happen? No, Colby's right. not necessarily the most active fighter. That's
1: kind of the boat I'm in, I guess, to, to better Colby's put it. Colby's
0: definitely taken his, his breaks. He's definitely willing to wait for the opportunity. And I'm not sure if the Leon fight for him and his mindset is worth the risk, um, which is unfortunate because Leon just... <laughs> Nobody wants to fight that
1: man. Yeah, like well like the only person I even hear people mentioning of is like him and Wonderboy. Um huh? and like if I'm Leon, like I mean, yeah, it's a fight, so maybe take it. And it is a big name, but still like I'm ranked third, I'm on an eight fight win streak. Give me one, two, three, or four, you know? So it's yeah. it's just a weird spot. That division's so good.
0: It is. I think there's a lot of, there's not a ton of options, but it's, it's like, even for Leon, like that Boy fight, I think is big enough that, you know, I think it's good for him, though, even though oh, yeah. Boy's a little lower, you're talking about a guy who's had multiple title fights. Respected by so many. Who's still very well known in the sport and a big name. He's not um, fought in
1: a long time, it seems like. When did he fight Luke?
0: That was on the Masvidal doll. DS card back in. So he last hasn't
1: fought in almost a year.
0: Wow. Yeah, is that.
1: Yeah, that is was that November right? of last year. So almost a whole year now.
0: Yeah. So I mean, that's definitely a matchup. I'd be excited to see if it happens. But for Colby, um, he has a lot of options here, I think. But yet, <laughs> who knows? A lot of these options are kind of assumptions at the same time. Is he really looked at as? Being viable for Mosvidal in the UFC's eyes, probably not. Has he really looked at? Is he really looked at as earning another title shot?
1: So then, uh, where does that know. leave him? And then that's where Leon comes in.
0: Yeah. Uh, do they, does the UFC even look at him versus Leon as being a big enough? You know, Colby headlined a fight night here. Obviously, this was not some normal fight night. It's probably the biggest one they've ever done, but. You know, you could uh, you could have a Colby-Leon either headline a fight night or be the co-main of a pay-per-view or something. So, yeah, 100%.
1: Um,
0: it's interesting, to say the least, and I'm curious to see what kind of happens from here. If I had to guess right now, I think you're going to see Colby probably won't fight again in 2020, and you'll, you'll hear him keep talking about the title fight, He's gonna really push for that, I would say, in the the after it happens in December. Um, and then maybe it gets booked, or maybe it doesn't. Who knows? So I don't think we'll see Colby fight again until probably April, May. Yeah. Whether it's a title fight or not.
1: I definitely could see that for sure.
0: And uh, that's UFC Vegas 11.
1: And now we're off to Fight Island, buddy.
0: Yeah. Now we're packing our bags for Abu Dhabi.
1: We're going back 5 straight weeks of absolutely just fantastic pay-per-views and fight nights.
0: And yeah, we're we're starting with the big one too. Oh,
1: the one we've been waiting on. We've we've been talking about this since episode 1 of the podcast,
0: I feel like. I know it's it's wild. And and here we are. Uh, yeah. As for this Wednesday, Um, We have our next special episode, and this one's a little extra special. (laughs) It's the first of what is going to be another series for us called What's Next, or Who's Next? Who's Next, (laughs) yeah. Messing up the name already. Who's Next? Essentially the concept being we're going to be randomly given, the two of us, randomly given a division in the UFC, men or women's divisions. And based off of who's ranked 1 through 15 in that division, we have to match make and pair up every fighter in that division. Now, 15, 15 is an uneven number. So, one of the people in the top 15 isn't going to have a matchup. Well, we have to pair them up with someone who is currently unranked, who we feel is deserving of that opportunity. And the thing is, we're not going to know what division we're given until we do the episode. Yeah, block. until
1: we're literally recording. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so it's really going to test our matchmaking skills, our ability to think on our feet, and I think it'll be very fun. Um, it's something that we can do for every division, so obviously it's something that can be a series and we can go back over divisions as the time goes on and things right. get moved around. So overall, it should be very exciting, uh, very fun to record, I would assume. But um, The, now the special episodes
1: guys, always hit a little differently.
0: Yeah, they're always a little extra special, right? <laughs> So, that'll be Wednesday, but then Friday, big preview show. Oh, my goodness. Next Saturday is UFC 253, Israel Adesanya versus Paulo Costa. One of those O's has got to go. Yes, sir. And I am so excited to break that down with you, and uh, we'll get into, obviously, news and things like that as well if any of that comes out this week.
1: And we finally get a new light heavyweight champion.
0: So, yeah, I guess, like, I don't want to sleep on the fact that you got Dominic Reyes and Jan Blachowicz going at it for the vacant light heavyweight title.
1: A new champion that is not named John Jones or Daniel Cormier for the first time in nearly a decade will happen this coming that's Saturday.
0: Incredible. It's incredible. Yeah. I just kind of slept on that right there.
1: And uh, hopefully, so. um, sorry, I cut you off. I can't see you. That was kind of getting into my thing. We're obviously still not together right now, so we're still working through that. So hopefully you guys can bear with us, whether it's one more episode, two more episodes, so on and so forth. But hopefully you guys are still enjoying the podcast nevertheless.
0: Yeah. Um, But with that being said, Dom, tell the people where they can find you on social media.
1: You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at DCLE 14. You can find our podcast Instagram at below average joes underscore podcast and of course you can find our podcast well damn near anywhere that you can think of uh youtube spotify apple google head over to our anchor website and you can go to a bunch of other websites um Mm -hmm. become a supporter of the podcast leave us voice messages all the fun stuff you can find it in the link tree uh, on our instagram page on our YouTube description, and of course, both of our social medias.
0: Yep. Uh, so, if you go to my bio at at nt baker underscore on Twitter or Instagram, uh, it'll take you to our link tree, which contains all of the links to every platform we're on, from YouTube to Apple to Google to Anchor to Instagram, and then obviously the links to become a supporter. And there, you can leave voice messages. Um, on our anchor page, we're on a lot of other uh, podcasting sites, but yeah. they're just not the. Those are just the big ones. Um, so if you go to Anchor, it has every platform that we're on. Yeah,
1: it's it's eight or um, nine different platforms. So yeah, we're, so, we're, we're, we're everywhere. everywhere.
0: <laughs> so if there's somewhere else that you want to listen, we we're probably on there as well. So just go there and check us out and uh, leave your thoughts and comments on either this video or obviously. If you're listening to this on Spotify or any of those other ones, you can just text us or <laughs> leave a comment on our Instagram or whatever. Leave us a DM. I'm, I'm waiting on thoughts. that first
1: voice message to come through. Yeah, I'm, I'm waiting I'm on very it.
0: Much, I'm waiting with anticipation for sure. <laughs> but again, you can go if you can find me at NT Baker underscore on Twitter and Instagram. And with that, we're out. And we'll see y'all on update.